Thanks to you, Issues Etc. consistently ranks among the top podcasts in religion and spirituality with Apple Podcasts. Please help us reach more listeners in 2024 by making a year-end gift. For a year-end donation of $250 or more, we'll send you our forthcoming book, Objections Overruled 3, and a new recording of 15 hymns featuring the Lutheran Public Radio Choir. You can make a secure online contribution at issuesetc.org. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your support. It stands to reason that if the devil has as one of his goals to rob you of faith and thereby to rob you of salvation, he would begin by taking God's word away from you. And sometimes, if he's clever enough, he can get you to just give it away rather than him stealing it away. And what better place to begin in getting you to give God's word away than the very beginning of God's word, the book of Genesis and the creation account. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. It's time to answer arguments against Christianity. Today, evolution has disproven the creation account. Joining us to respond to that argument, Dr. Jan Lohmeyer. He spent 15 years teaching apologetics at Lutheran High School North in Houston, Texas. He formerly served as an adjunct professor at Concordia University, Texas. He's author of a video series, the Reason I Believe the Basics of Christian Apologetics in a chapter in our forthcoming book, Objections Overruled 3. Dr. Lohmeyer, welcome back. Hi, Todd. How are you doing? Doing well. Is there any halfway house between biblical creation, that account that we find in Genesis, and the theory of evolution? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. I, uh, theistic evolution is uh, that halfway point, I think, and and I think that's the curse of the new millennium for the church. I, I tell everyone to avoid this belief. It is the work of the father of lies. See, the problem is, if you believe in theistic evolution, that God started the Big Bang and then sat back and watched evolution take its path, then you must believe that there were millions of years of death and decay before the fall of man, as is recorded in Genesis 3. You must also believe that Jesus was lying when he said the following words recorded in Mark 10. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Now, beginning of creation, that's a precise term. And there should be no questions as to the origins of man unless you don't believe Jesus. Let's just take a minute here and, and walk through the Bible. There are four quotes from four famous apologists. Let's take a look at the first one. It's in Exodus chapter 20, Moses. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seven. Now the next one is King David, probably King David, in, in Psalms 33. He says, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. And then the beloved disciple John, in one of my favorite Bible passages in the Bible, but people forget there's a second part to it. The beginning starts like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, 
and without him nothing was made that was made. That's John 1. And then the great apologist Paul in Colossians says this, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. That's Colossians chapter 1. Now to say that there was no creation, but there was a big bang followed by millions of years of death and decay, you're really insulting Christ. And to believe that a day, as stated in Genesis chapter 1, is a period of many days is not reasonable, and it diminishes the marvelous work of our triune God. It is reasonable to believe that the yom of Genesis is the same 24-hour day of our time. Those who want to stretch the meaning, implant theistic evolution in the church, they have to ask themselves this question. Did Moses and God deceive us by using the word day when it really meant a long period of time? Now, if our answer is yes to that, then we should not use the Bible for any of our beliefs. It is far better to believe God at his word and take the creation as a 24-hour day. Theistic evolution is the creation of man. And by the way, man was created by God in the sixth day of that first week. And for your information, FYI, this is why we have a seven-day week. Now, Todd, I want to make sure that everybody understands that not all Christians are really believing in this theistic evolution, but there is a great many of them, a high percentage of them. You would think that no Christian would buy into this philosophy. However, the Christian church has some teachers who disagree with the stance I have just taken. Pope Francis is a theistic evolutionist. His predecessor, Pope Benedict, was. Listen to Pope Francis when he says, when we read about creation in Genesis, we run the risk of imagining God was a magician with a magic wand able to do anything. That was in his famous evolution is not inconsistent with the notion of creation in 2014. Then in 1996, Pope John Paul II made this statement. New knowledge has led to the recognition and the theory of evolution of more than just a hypothesis. These statements from the Catholic leadership led to the creation of BioLogos. I don't know if you are familiar with that. Todd, have you ever heard of BioLogos? I have not. Well, that was the founder of Francis Collins, you know, member of the author of The Language of God, and he was director of the National Institute of Health. Well, Collins served as president of the Biologus Foundation, which was formed by the Catholic Church, and it promotes discourse on the relationship between science and religion. Well, it advocates the perspective that belief in Christianity can be reconciled with acceptance of evolution and science, especially through the advancement of evolutionary creation. Here's their mission statement. BioLogos invites the church and the world to see the harmony between science and biblical faith as we present an evolutionary understanding of God's creation. And one of their what we believe statements is, we believe that God created the universe, the earth, and all life over billions of years. Now, the reason I bring this up is because that's a large percentage. And 
if you think it's just Catholics, I don't know if you've ever heard of the clergy project or the clergy letter. We actually have one LCMS pastor who signed this. You can go online and check both of these out. BioLogos, go online and check it out. And also the clergy project and the clergy letter. I'm looking at it right now on the internet, and it, as of today, it has 17,352 Protestant church pastors' signatures to this letter. And here's what they're signing. We believe that the theory of evolution is a foundational scientific truth, one that has stood up to rigorous scrutiny and upon which much of human knowledge and achievement rests. I tell you, Todd, my heart aches as I read the thousands of signatures attached to this letter. That's the situation the United States Christian Church finds itself today. How has the teaching of evolution shipwrecked the faith of many? Oh, I don't know if you uh, are familiar with the Barna Institute of Research that did in 2011 a study of why teenagers were leaving the church. Well, they said back in 2011, 59% of youth were leaving the church, and a large portion of this was because of what they were being taught in college and high school about evolution. Well, in 2019, they did the study again, and now 64% are dropping out. We're in a war. It's truth versus lies. And I think everyone in our church has to understand that. You know, the indoctrination of evolution is really the beginning of wokeism. People throughout the world, but particularly in the United States, they're taught to tolerate everything except religion. Now, globalism is a byproduct of this wokeism, and it hides behind the guise of tolerance and humanism. I don't know if you remember this or even watched it, but I did. It was the beginning of the 2022 Winter Olympics. It was in Beijing, China. They had a whole bunch of children march out, and they're singing the following song. Imagine there's no heaven, no hell below us. Imagine there's no countries, nothing to die for, and no religion, too. Imagine all the people living life in peace. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one. And of course, you recognize that John Lennon's Imagine song. Well, this song has now become the battle hymn of globalism. And in the United States, it's now changed our thought from one nation under God to one world under man. It started with the horrendous lie that man was not created, he evolved from an animal. With this lie, the manipulation of man exploded and has led to what we have today where people have never been more manipulated by media, university professors, you're seeing what I'm talking about right now on the news, politicians, and yes, even priests and pastors, as I told you in Theistic Evolution. There's false prophets within the church and that's Darwinian evolution, and they're teaching that it's more credible than the book of Genesis. This belief that God created the Big Bang and then sat back and watched evolution proceed, that's the manipulation battle which Satan has started on the Christian church. Did God really say it's still being used by the father of lies? Unfortunately, 
and I tell everybody this when I teach apologetics in the churches, teenagers are on the front line of this war of truth versus lies. And, you know, as they march off to high school and especially college, they go into battle without even knowing that they're in a battle and they have no defensive gear or weapons, no armor of God. Remember what the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and stand firm. And it starts with the belt of truth. It's truth versus lies. And that's what we're in. You know, when Paul talks about this very war that we're in, he uses war terms. Remember in Second Corinthians chapter 10, he says, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. And then again in Colossians, he says, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. Is that not the theory of evolution and also theistic evolution? Well, Paul tells us to consider all those who deny Jesus and therefore deny the truth as nothing more than captives. Well, we should be trying to free them from these falsehoods, and we can do that with the help of the Holy Spirit. Just remember the name that Jesus gives to the Holy Spirit in John 14, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. It is this Spirit of truth who guides us to Jesus, the Word, the truth, because we cannot, as Luther tells us and reminds us, we cannot, by our own reason or strength, turn to the truth. However, the Spirit of truth calls and gathers us by the gospel, enlightens us with his gifts, sanctifies and keeps us in the true faith, forgives us daily, and raises us to eternal life. Without the spirit of truth, Todd, we would be in a spirit of trouble. And this is most certainly true. Dr. Jan Lohmeyer is our guest. We're answering the argument against Christianity that evolution has disproven the creation account. What question should be asked of every Christian who has surrendered to evolution's claims? This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we continue in the prophet Micah with prophets denounced, the mountain of the Lord's house, the Lord of the whole earth, O little town of Bethlehem, and a remnant delivered. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. Our children are always a blessing to us, but not only are we blessed by them, but we have opportunities to bless them as well. Pastor Christopher Nuttleman, in the December issue of The Lutheran Witness, takes up the topic of blessing your children, how to bless them in your home with the Word of God 
and prayer. To learn more, pick up your copy of the December issue of The Lutheran Witness. Visit cph.org witness to subscribe or visit witness.lsms.org to learn more. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective. Equipping the priesthood of all believers. You're listening to Issues Etc. Memoria Press's award-winning curriculum is used by homeschoolers all over the world. Their classical Christian education materials provide everything you need for kindergarten through 12th grade, including books, guides, lesson plans, and instructional videos. If you're interested in learning more, visit them at memoriapress.com and use the coupon code LPR24 at checkout. Memoria Press, saving Western civilization one student at a time. The Evangelical Lutheran Church holds that it is God who raises up men to serve His Holy Bride through His Office of the Holy Ministry. At Concordia University, Chicago, we prepare men to take the first step on the path by which God leads them to His pastoral office. Are you ready to take the step? I'm Dr. James Ambrose Lee, Chair of the Division of Theology at Concordia University, Chicago. Learn more about the pre-seminary program at CUC by visiting cuchicago.edu. CUChicago.edu. Welcome back. We're answering the argument against Christianity that evolution has disproven the creation account. Jan Lohmeyer is our guest. He is author of a chapter in our forthcoming book, Objections Over Ruled Three. Dr. Lohmeyer, what questions should be asked of every Christian who has surrendered to evolution's claims? Well, Todd, I can tell you this much, that um, on the first day of my apologetics class, I come into class and I will have on the board two famous quotes. Here's the first one. Man is descended from a hairy-tailed quadruped probably arboreal in its habits. It comes from the origin of species, 1859. And the next quote I have on the board is, but from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Mark 10. Charles Darwin is speaking the first quote. Jesus Christ is speaking the second quote. Then I turn to the class and I say, let me ask you this. Are you prepared to call either one of these a liar? Are you prepared to call Jesus Christ a liar? (laughs) If you want what is real, what is factual, what is truth, listen to the truth made flesh. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Until then, the church understands that we're in this war between truth and lies. It will continue to be naive and refuse to look at the exodus from the church of our millennials and now there are plurals. Todd, I don't know if you hear this anymore, but I just wonder how many pastors are using this. I haven't heard this too often. It's the right of confirmation in the LSB. And it's a question that's asked of all of the compromands. I don't even know if pastors are still using this. Here's the question. Do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession and church and to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away? And I can hear the compromands saying, yes, with the help of God. 
Is that question still being used? Do you hear it? What does Psalm 19 teach us about defending the faith? I love Psalm 19. I use it in my devotions daily, in the morning. Psalm 19 is one of my favorite psalms, and it's because it tells you how to defend against evolution. Psalm 19 tells us in order to fight the father of lies, you need two tools. If you go to Psalm 19, you'll see it's divided into two sections. There is actually a space between the two sections. And it's creation and the word of God. Psalm 19 tells us these are the two ways to fight evolution and falsehood. It's divided into these two parts. And it begins with this. The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky proclaims his handiwork. Day to day, speech goes forth. Night to night, knowledge is revealed. You know, I'm not going to say the whole psalm, but I do want you to know that that is creation telling us God is the creator. And then the second part starts with these words. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Now, every apologist knows that using Scripture to prove Scripture is circular reasoning. It's illogical. However, the learner and our teenagers need to know that to defend Scripture as truthful is easy. It's a proven historical document. I love Psalm 19. Make the case that Scripture is an historically reliable document. Well, first, teenagers, let's stick with teenagers because they're on the front line. They must understand that the Bible is easy to defend. Let's take a look at the evidence. There's actually physical evidence. The Bible is a sound historical document. There are manuscripts that have been transmitted accurately. The New Testament records are incredibly accurate. But there are minor differences in some manuscripts, but none of these impact or change key Christian beliefs. And it's also true that many non-Christian historians have written about the people and events that the Bible talk about. And for the record, you may want to check out the following writers. Josephus is one of my favorites, the great Jewish historian in his book, Antiquities. I'm going to talk about him later. Philo, Tacitus, Suetonius, Pliny, Julius, Justin. He goes on, Justin, the, the famous Roman historian who converted to Christianity because of his research on Jesus Christ. And there are many archaeological findings that support the historical documents known in the Bible. The following is... Um, are just a few examples. The Codex Vaticanus, dated from 325, it's a version of the Bible, 325 AD. The Taylor Prism, confirms 2 Kings 18:19. The Epic of Gilgamesh, supports the Great Flood. It just goes on and on. In my book, I've got about 15 to 20 of them. By the way, uh, I'm plugging my book. I wrote uh, The Unaware Church. It talks about how to teach teenagers. And what are their questions that they're asking? I think those are important things to study. 
How does creation itself testify against the ideas of evolution? Well, I think it's important that everybody understands, and once again, especially these uh, these teenagers, that Paul, the great apologist, is quite emphatic about this point and says that the unbeliever has no excuse. Just look at a rose, a peacock, a whale, a human eye, a hummingbird. The giraffe is one of my favorites. It has those special vowels. It has the the heart is so large, 25 pounds, it's like a big turkey. And it has to pump all of that blood up that long neck. But when a giraffe dips down to take a drink of water out of the, the river, he has to cross his legs and put his neck down. Well, with all that pressure from the heart, he'd blow his brains out. But God put these special valves in there that can stop the flow slow down the flow. It's an intricate work of special valves that are in the neck of a giraffe. All of these are great examples. A hummingbird can hover and fly upside down. You understand, therefore, that there must be an intelligent designer, a God who is definitely wise and powerful. Well, I think that Christians and even non-Christians can understand that these different examples in creation does show us that there must be a designer. Give us some examples of reasonable responses to the claims of evolution. Well, my favorites, the ones I use and put up on the board all the time when I talk to teenagers. Matter demands a maker. There are 12 natural laws. Science gives us these. Of course, God created science. The law of cause and effect. That's uh, for every effect, there is a cause. For every cause, there is an effect. Well, matter demands a maker. It's the law of cause and effect. And also the law of biogenesis where uh, life can only come from another life. Well, life demands a life giver. It makes sense. It's reasonable. Evolution is not. Design demands a designer. The universe demonstrates design all over the place. Intelligence demands an intelligent creator. The image of God, which is a subject all by itself, Oh, my goodness, I love studying the image of God with teenagers, especially when Noah gets off that boat and God sets down a new law. You know, the first murderer came. God didn't kill him. He punished him, but he didn't kill him. But we're starting over with Noah. And when Noah gets off that boat, God says, you shall not kill another person or your life will be demanded of it this is an important point to make to teenagers life is that important and it continues to say because man is made in the image of god that's powerful and the study of the image of god with teenagers is very important and needs to be done and by the way 
That also tells us that we shouldn't believe in abortion. Abortion is out of the question. One of my favorite Bible passages that nobody hardly ever uses when it comes to abortion is Ecclesiastes 11.5. As you do not know the way, the spirit is joined to the body in the womb of a woman, so you do not know the ways of God. Now that's important. Teenagers ask this question. When you teach them that there's soul and body, teenagers ask the question, well, where does the soul come from? When do we get the soul? When was it created? Is it after birth? No. Solomon tells us, as you do not know the way it comes to the body of a baby in the womb of a mother, you do not know the ways of God. That's important that they know this. And then, intelligence demands an intelligent creator. Well, there's also morality demands a moral lawgiver. Well, that's something that evolution is known to talk about. Where do we get our morals? Where do we get the moral laws that we have today? And the other one that goes along with that is logic and reason. When we have logic and reason, it demands a designer. It all comes with the image of God. Man can reason. Man can create. Man can actually appreciate color, beauty, the setting sun, the garden with the flowers. Well, logic and reason demands a designer. Where else do the laws of logic come from? And then here's the clincher, the most important one, DNA. It has its own language, its own code. A language requires intelligence. And this is in a single cell, unobservable by the naked eye. There is no known law by which matter can give birth to information, let alone a language. For me, this is the clincher when it comes to evidence. Dr. Jan Lohmeyer is our guest. We're answering the argument that evolution has disproven the creation account. We will talk in particular about the difficulties of trying to read evolution into the Genesis creation account on the other side of the break. Then we'll be responding to another argument against Christianity that homosexuality is another form of committed love with Pastor Keith Curtis. Educating a new generation of Lutherans, you're listening to Issues Etc. Jesus the Good Shepherd says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life. We invite you to join us as we listen to the voice of the Good Shepherd and follow him who gives us eternal life. Sunday worship services at 9 a.m., Sunday school and Bible class at 10.30, Good Shepherd Lutheran Church, Arnold, Missouri, on the web at goodshepherdarnold.org. That's goodshepherdarnold.org. I am beautiful because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am accepted because I'm a part of his family through Jesus' shed blood. Unity Lutheran School in East St. Louis, Illinois, shines the light of Christ in one of the most impoverished cities in America. 
Learn how to support their mission work at unityesl.org. Unityesl.org. Today, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I say yes to God in His ways. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Jan Lohmeyer is our guest. He is author of a video series, The Reason I Believe the Basics of Christian Apologetics, and a chapter in our forthcoming book, Objections Overruled 3. We're answering the objection that evolution has disproven the creation account. Dr. Lohmeyer, what are the difficulties, the particular difficulties of reading evolution into the Genesis creation account? Well, I think it's important that we understand that God has given us some testimony in the first, the very first writings of God. It's in the book of Job, which was written before the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Well, this is important. It's just unreasonable to believe that the world could have happened by chance over millions of years. I'd go to the book of Job and listen to God explain perfectly the point I'm trying to make as he lectures Job on creation. Here's the quote. It's in Job chapter 12. But ask the beasts, and they will teach you. The birds of the air, and they will tell you or the plants of the earth, and they will teach you. And the fish of the sea will declare to you, who among all those does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In his hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. That's Job 12, 7 to 10. Now, these are the truths. This is the armor that Christians have as they defend their faith through the proven historical document known as the Bible. You know, one thing I did want to mention here, too, is that along with all of the historical documentation that we have and the archaeological findings, we also have 12 disciples that stuck to their story even in the sight of persecution and death, you know, 11 of these 12 were martyred. Only John was not. And this is absolutely incredible. They all stuck to their story to their death. And they didn't do it for money because they all died paupers. And then I think it's also important that every single teenager knows this. Every single Christian should know these. The over 300 Bible passages that support the Messiah from the Old Testament. They're all in the Old Testament. There's 300 of them. And many theologians have declared that the Bible can be summed up in one word, Jesus. The whole Bible. Martin Luther was the one that said the Bible is the cradle and the Christ child is the baby in the cradle. And everybody's familiar with the St. Augustine. The New Testament is the old concealed, and the old is in the new revealed. Well, each book of the Bible 
is uniquely woven together, telling the story of Jesus. And the Old Testament has more than 300 of these. Now, I tell my students that every Christian should know the top five, and they are. Genesis 3.15, the Messiah would crush Satan's head. Isaiah 7.14, the Messiah would be born of a virgin. I tell my students, how many people have ever been born of a virgin? And this was predicted 700 years before Jesus was even born. And then Micah 5.2 tells you where the Messiah is going to be born. Because it says Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And then Psalm 22.18, Messiah would have his garments divided and lots would be cast for them. That's exactly what happened to Jesus at the crucifixion. And then everyone should be familiar with the most messianic chapter of the entire Old Testament. It's Isaiah 53. It tells you how the Messiah would be crucified for our sins. These are very, very important. As our teenagers are headed to the gates of hell, the colleges, not all of them, but almost all of them, they need to know these truths about the history of the Bible. This incredible book written over a 1,500-year period by over 40 different writers, and there's no contradictions at all. The prophets, remember this, the prophets continued to say, thus says the Lord. When Jesus comes around, he says, and it's recorded over 10 times, but he said it much more than that, have you not read? And then the epistle writers say, it is written. Well, it's reasonable to believe that the Bible is the word of God, and Jesus is the word, the truth. How would you counsel your fellow Christians to resist the temptation to accept the ideas of evolution? Well, I would have to say that you got to ask yourself this question. Is evolution reasonable? Or is Christianity and creationism reasonable? And I think if you go over these statements that I've made in reference to the Scripture as an historical, reliable document, and that you use Psalm 19 as the word and also creation as your defense. And you stand behind that word because it is sound. The Bible is a sound historical document. It's well-designed. It's coordinated. It's synchronized. All of it is the living word. Remember, Luther said, the Bible is alive. It speaks to me. It has feet. It runs after me. It has hands. It lays hold of me. This is why we have the famous solas. Sola Scriptura was one of those. We stand on the Scripture because it makes sense. It's reliable. And then that creation. Creation is obviously screaming to us, as God says in Job. Just listen to it. Listen to creation. Listen to the animals. They'll tell you. God is the creator of everything. Has evolution disproven the creation account? Well, it's just the opposite, Todd. Creation has disproven evolution. And so does the Bible. 
So as I said before, Psalm 19 speaks to us clearly. Creation and the Word of God. I think it's important um, that all of us understand the Bible is the truth. Jesus is the truth. The Spirit of God is the truth. We really need to immerse ourselves in Bible study. We need to know as much as we possibly can. When I talk about those historical documentations of the Bible, teenagers need to study about Cyrus. Cyrus was the great Persian king who was the one who let all of the Israelites go back and rebuild their temple and their city. Why did he do that? Well, 150 years before Cyrus was even around, before he was born, Isaiah tells us that there would be a Cyrus, and they even name it Cyrus. Now, in Josephus' Antiquities, Josephus makes a point of this, that our forefathers in Babylon showed the Isaiah account to Cyrus. And when he saw his name in Isaiah, written 150 years before he even came about, he was convinced. And he let the people go back and rebuild. You need to read that account. It's in Ezekiel. It's also in Isaiah. It's all about Cyrus. It's a fascinating story. It's prophecy that comes true, and it's another example of how the Bible is solid and it's truthful. Dr. Jan Lohmeyer spent 15 years teaching apologetics at Lutheran High School North in Houston, Texas. He formerly served as an adjunct professor at Concordia University, Texas. He's author of a video series, The Reason I Believe the Basics of Christian Apologetics, and a chapter for our forthcoming book, Objections Overruled 3. Dr. Lohmeyer, thank you. Thank you for having me, Todd. We will respond to another objection that homosexuality is another form of committed love. Pastor Heath Curtis will be our guest next. Listen to the best of the church's music for the Advent season at lutheranpublicradio.org. Sacred music for the Advent season, lutheranpublicradio.org. Under a starlit sky in Bethlehem, a divine event unfolded. We read from Luke 2-7, And she gave birth to her firstborn son. As we ponder these words, we're reminded that the Savior was born in the midst of ordinary surroundings, yet it was extraordinary. From all of us at Lutheran Church Extension Fund, may this Advent season fill your life with the extraordinary, even amid the ordinary. Defending the Faith, Teaching the Truth. You're listening to Issues Etc. This is Pastor Matthew Harrison, President of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. 
The LCMS operates the second largest parochial school system in the United States. What can you expect from a Lutheran Church Missouri Synod School? There's one race, the human race. And Jesus died for the sins of every man, woman, and child from every land and every nation. Life begins at conception. All life is precious from womb to tomb. And every student, parent, and teacher is created in the very image of God. There's right and wrong, and we know which is which from the Ten Commandments. There are only two sexes, male and female, he created them. Marriage is the lifelong union of one man and one woman. There's such a thing as objective, absolute truth, and it's found in the person and work of Jesus Christ and his word. To find a Lutheran Church Missouri Synod school near you, visit lcms.org schools.